It's time for the podcast with two guys whose BMI is higher than their IQ. It's the Morning Five, sponsored by Smith's Floor Coverings. This is a double cheek push here. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Our pets' heads are falling off! Guess what today is? I like turtles. Hump day! Hump day! You're my boy, Blue! Hey, Mom! The meatloaf! We want it now! I don't know how long this is going to last. Good morning, West Georgia! Welcome in to a brand new year. Today is Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024. And today is National Chocolate Covered Cherry Day. Oh, love me some chocolate covered cherries, man. I'm with you. I'm with you, dude. That is one of the... um uh the tr- christmas traditions that my mother has is she used to give chocolate covered cherries to everybody in the family uh, and she continues that tradition today everybody gets a box of queen anne's cherries and they are they are very very good she got me dark chocolate covered cherries this year and they were scrumtralescent i like it yeah. i like it a lot yeah you know me i'm not a big fan of sweets or or chocolate but it's become such a staple uh, and such a Christmas tradition that I look forward to. The two things that I look forward to most gift-wise uh, for Christmas are chocolate-covered cherries and a new pair of Dickies boot socks from my mother. Um, she has gotten me the same brand and the same style of socks for the past three years, and they are phenomenal. I'm actually wearing a pair right now. Nice. Is there anything better than new socks? Uh, probably not. It's, no. it's so comfy, dude. They are. They they really are. New socks are like one of those things that you just look forward to. It's they, it's they feel amazing. Super... And there's a there's a dude. Oh man, I wish I remember who it was. I want to say it was like Neil Bortz or something that worked in Atlanta. Um, self made millionaire. Uh, that um, he bought a new pair of socks every day. He didn't wear a pair of socks more than once. He would buy he would buy a pair of socks, wear it once, get a new pair. I love that idea. What? It's a lot of money, but I love that idea. I think it was Neil Bortz that did that. That is a butt ton of money, it's man. a ton of money. Holy crap. A ton of money. But hey, if you got it, I, I'm down with that. I would totally do that if I had that type of money. But yeah, you're right. That is that is a ton of money, especially when you know, I don't know what type of socks he was wearing. I don't know if he was wearing like you know, cheap socks that you get at Walmart or like these dicky boot socks, like they're not cheap, you know, and when you got to buy them the size to fit Sasquatch, they're even more. Um, but I like the idea. I love the idea of having fresh new pair of socks every single morning. All right. So I've got, we, we typically have a countdown at the beginning of, of a lot of our shows, right? Well, we do. Yes. I've got three. Okay. Hit me with them. All right. One of them, you're not going to be thrilled with the okay. other two. You are. All right. What do we got? Uh, we are officially 85 days away. 85 days. This is to March 28th, 2024. This is opening day. This is Braves versus Phillies opening day. March 28th, 2024. 85 days. Does it do anything for you? No, I, I could care less when the regular yeah. season starts for the Braves, to be completely honest yeah. with you. I am still so yeah, sick and pissed off of the way the season ended. Um no, I don't. I don't care. I don't care about the regular season for the Braves. I watch it I, because I'm a Braves fan. I love baseball. Of, of course, I'll watch it. Of course, I'll I'll be into it. And we'll talk about it in, in spring training. Pitchers and catchers reporting. 
and all that. I, I will I will one million percent be all in with this Braves team and live and die and overreact to every single game. Um, but the the level of give a you know what level for me for regular season for the Braves, uh, it's it's just not there because it's you know we sort of we're spoiled and we expect the Braves to win the division and not get bumped in the first round of the playoffs. About ninety nine days. Oh, 99 days. 99. That will give us up to April 11th. April 11th. Um, what is that? I don't know what the start of that is. Masters weekend. Oh. <laughs> A tradition like no other. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, please. Um, I actually saw a TikTok yesterday of a fan made video very very well done with capturing some old masters footage and uh kind of pairing it with new master footage and showing how the course has changed and everything um yeah i'm i'm a million percent in on on that and even more and even more so i'm i'm very anxious to see how the pga tour and the liv tour this year play simultaneously and what tour you know, kind of becomes top dog because the LIV tour is getting so many really good players that it is going to be um, very interesting. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know when when LIV starts playing. I I think it's like Marchish. Um, hold on, I'll pull it up real quick. Uh, no, they start in February. They actually start a, a, a month from today down in Mexico. Uh, so, yeah, that will be. Um, That'll be interesting to see the PGA Tour versus the LIV Tour, but yeah, I'm all in for the Masters, man. You know that one. In 113 days. This will get us up to April 25th. April 25th? Yep. Is it the is it the NFL Draft? It is the NFL oh, Draft. Yeah, yeah. You know I'm all in for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, Dude, I got, I got so many questions about the NFL Draft. The NFL, the NFL season's not even over. Um, I'm honestly more excited about the NFL draft than I think I am the NFL playoffs, which it's kind of odd coming from a Cowboys fan. Like we have a, you know, we have a shot at winning a Super Bowl this year, and I'm more excited about what's going to happen in the NFL draft than I am what's going to happen in the NFL playoffs. <laughs> you have a shot of winning your division for the first time in a while. We do, we do. It's good, uh, dude. This weekend in in the NFL, wow, what a weekend! What if if you are a football fan? And not paying attention to this weekend in the NFL, what are you doing? I mean, You're right. I mean, it's it, and, and there's no bigger weekend this weekend for the Falcons. I mean, the, the Falcons they have a shot to be your NFC South champion, Atlanta Falcons. All they have to do is they have to beat Nolans, which they've already done once this year, so it shouldn't be a problem there. Uh, go down to Nolans and wait, is it in Atlanta or is it in New Orleans? It's in New Orleans, isn't it? Uh, hold on uh it is in new orleans and essentially what the bookmakers are telling you new orleans is a three-point favorite and home teams get three points so what the bookmakers are telling you uh are the are are the saints and the falcons are essentially a pick them right now um but but what you have to do is you have to go down there and beat nolans which you've already done this year you haven't done it in nolans but you did it in Atlanta. you came back scored 10 points there in that fourth quarter um, and then you have to rely on the Panthers to do something that they've only done twice all year, and that is pick up a win against the Bucks team right now. That is that is they're rolling. The Bucks are are rolling. 
They inexplicably lost to the Saints last week. I didn't get to watch that game, but they lost by 10. I don't know how that happened. Uh, but the Bucks right now in their past five games, they're 4-1, and, and, and they're rolling. So you need some help from the Panthers, but you're not dead yet as a Falcons fan. Yeah. So here's here's the thing. Yeah. I I, I think they're done. Wow. They're done. Wow. So little faith. Yep. So little faith. Look, here it is, man. Look, it you've you've had these moments with the Braves. I'm having this moment with the Falcons. Um it's this team is so freaking bad. They're bad, man. They're really, really bad. I don't know if they're bad. I think they're They're bad. I think they are very poorly coached, to be completely honest with you. I think there are not I'm not saying I'm not saying the Falcons are good. I'm not saying the Falcons have a very good roster. Um I, I think the roster is about a seven and nine, eight and nine. Maybe I think ten wins is probably the ceiling for this roster, the way it's constructed. I, I think it's very bad coaching, and I think there is a massive disconnect between the coaching and what the coaches, how the coaches want to run this team, and the personnel that the coaches want, and the way the front office wants to build this team, and the personnel that the front office wants on this on the squad. Um, against against, I mean, Justin Fields looked like an MVP uh, against the Falcons on, on Sunday. Did. I mean, he looked he looked amazing, and. That's one of those guys the Falcons could have had. They could have had Justin Fields, um, but instead they drafted a guy who has been, in my opinion, one of the biggest first-round draft busts in the past five years in Kyle Pitts. And yep. I, I, I just, you know, I don't, I don't know why you ever draft a tight end in the first round. Um, I, I will go on record, and and I will say this until my last dying breath: I would never, in the history of football, ever draft a tight end or a running back in the first round of the NFL draft. Never, ever, 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 ever would I ever do that, ever. Um, the, the the offensive line and the defensive line continues to be one of the struggles for the Falcons, um, and, and they don't have a quarterback. You know, they don't have a quarterback. So, I, but but this past weekend against the Bears, they had a couple times where they had second and one, and instead of going with a big shot and trying to get it in the hands of Drake London or Kyle Pitts. They just, they ran the ball and tried to pick up the first down. Like that's, that's not aggressive play calling. I don't, I, that, nobody, like nobody does that in any football. I mean, like you, I mean, go to the high school games around our area, go look and see what Carrollton does. Go watch Bowden, go watch central Villarica temple, Heard County, Bremen, Harrelson County, anybody around here. When you have a second and one, you don't run the ball. Uh, second one is a is a prime. Let's air it out. Let's see if we can get a big play. Because if you don't, worst case scenario, it's third and one. You know, like yep. I mean, it's just it, it's it's so simple. Uh, the biggest play the biggest play the Falcons had was the Tyler Algier scramble, and uh, I mean Algier only touched the ball six times all game. He had one reception and, and five carries. It's just. That reception was a pretty good one. Though. It was. It was seventy-five yards. Dude, he looked. I, I say he looked good. I saw the replay. I listened to it live on the radio. Um, and Heineke comes in. Heineke looked god awful. And, and then and then yeah. Ritter comes in. And, and Arthur Smith said that Ritter came in because Heineke re-injured his his the, the team. 
the team is just led by a really crappy quarterback. If you had, I mean, if you had Justin Fields, uh, there's probably 20 quarterbacks in the NFL that the Falcons would like to have over the two that they have. Um, I think if we had Justin Fields this year, we would have already clinched the division. I do too. I do too. I think I think ten or eleven wins with Justin Fields is not out of the realm of possibility. I, I don't believe that the Falcons would make it past the first round if they had Justin Fields. Maybe they would. I don't know. Um, once again, I don't I don't know if having a better quarterback makes you that much of a better team because I, the guys that are running this team are just inept. They're just crappy coaches. They just don't make the right play calls in the right situations. So. I don't know how much a, a better quarterback elevates this team. You know what I mean? Yeah, which which leads me to say Arthur Smith needs to be gone. He needs to be gone. Has to, dude. After after the after the loss that's going to happen on Sunday to the Aints, which I'm not looking forward to because I can't stand the Aints. After the loss on Sunday to the Aints, Arthur Smith needs to be fired. He needs to be fired immediately. Not wait till Monday. Not wait till you know whenever. He needs to be fired. You're done. Done. This team had the ability to win a division and we're still waiting for the possibility of it here late. And we have to hope for Carolina to come up and beat Tampa Bay. No, no, we should have already had this division wrapped up, but no, because of coaching, just malpractice, um, there's nothing we can do about it. And look, and I, I tried to give Arthur Smith the benefit of the doubt saying, look, he's, he's been hand, handicapped and all this kind of stuff. No, nope. I'm done with it. I I'm done. I'm absolutely done. Um, he's watching his, him call a game has been awful as of late. So it's excruciating, I'm, I'm, man. And I'm not even a Falcons fan and it's tough to watch. Like, you know, I think I think they've only had three or four games where I felt the splits on the carries on in the backfield were were good splits. Like you and every all three of your big time running backs need to touch the ball. Bijan needs to touch the ball. Tyler Algier needs to touch the ball, and Cordero Patterson needs to touch the ball. There needs to be a division. Bijan needs to be the number one back. Tyler Algier the number two back, and Cordero Patterson the number three back. And, and when you throw the ball, force it for, force it to Drake London. I know they sort of did that against the Bears. I think he had double-digit targets for like the first time all season, possibly. Um, but yeah. if you're going to put the ball in the air, put it in the air to the guy that you spent a first-round pick on. Um, and I, I can't overstate how much of a disappointment Kyle Pitts has been. And there's, I, I, believe, I believe next season he has, I think he might still be on the books next season. In 2024, yep. but maybe 2025, they have to make a decision on if they want to re-up him or pick it up. And um, absolutely not is is my you know short and simple answer to it. I would even look into trading Kyle Pitts next year, depending on where you want to go with this roster, uh, because that dude has been horrendously disappointing. And I know people are going to bring up the injury. Suck it up. Everybody in the NFL is injured. Everybody. Like, uh, who cares? And. I, one of my biggest pet peeves is when people draft position players and expect them to do something that they are not good at doing. When when Tony Gonzalez was here in Atlanta, do you think they ever asked Tony Gonzalez 
to block on on big goal line plays, or do you think they rolled in a heavy package uh, when they needed a couple yards? Like they rolled a heavy package every time. Yes, every single time, every single time. But for some reason, Arthur Smith can't figure that out. He stills out there asking Kyle Pitts to make blocks when Kyle Pitts obviously cannot block, and still blows my mind how a human being is that big and strong and athletic and can't block. But it is what it is. Um, I, but yeah, I, I just think this, I, there's a, there's a disconnect to me between the coaching staff and the front office on how they want to run this team. Um, and it, it needs to be fixed over the off season. And I, I'm with you. I don't think the Falcons beat the saints. I think they lose. Um, they go seven and 10 and depending on how the draft shakes out, man, I, I, you just, you gotta pick up a quarterback. You gotta pick up a quarterback in this draft. I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know where you're going to fall. I don't know what you're going to do. Um, we will we will go over that uh, very extensively in our draft lead up. But uh, the Falcons have got to pick up a quarterback. They've got to draft a quarterback in this draft. How about them dogs, man? Sixty three to three in the in the in the Orange Bowl. Um, took care of business against Florida State. Florida State looked like they didn't deserve to be in the playoffs, like we discussed. Yeah. Uh, look, it and and Florida State people. All, you can you could say all you want to about all the opt outs. You realize that Georgia had as just as many people that oh, were don't on the bring roster. that up. Nobody knew about any of those opt outs. The only people that knew about the injuries was Brock Bowers. Nobody knew about any of those opt outs until the graphic came out on Facebook and all Georgia fans were like, dirt, 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 you see, we got a bunch of opt out too. And Florida State, I think, had two starters that played all season. Uh, Georgia did not have Georgia had a bunch of opt-outs and transfers that were guys that were like third string and practice squad guys that never even saw the field. So don't don't for a second bring that up. Look, it was it was a dominant, dominant game by Georgia. They took care of business like we think they're they a top would. four team. Uh, like we you and I both said this. Like if you if you watch college football this year and you watch the totality of the season. And you want to sit there and tell me that Georgia is not a top 10 team? You're just wrong. That's not even an opinion. That's just fact. You're just wrong. They are absolutely a top four team. And quite frankly, possibly the best team in the nation. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough. But the, the And the question was always, well, who are you leaving out? Because... That Alabama-Michigan game in the in the Rose Bowl was spectacular. We're not talking about um, that. I'm not talking about. I'm. Oh, we're not, I'm not. I'm not mentioning. We're not talking about the national championship. I'm not even going to mention that on the podcast at all. I am so pissed off. I hate life. This is miserable. <laughs> I'm going to go off on a tangent here for a second. And all you jackass Ohio State fans that were out there that keep talking, you know, five, six years ago, oh, I really, I really wish Michigan would get better to make the rivalry better. Shut Do you like this? Michigan's better now. Do you? Are you enjoying this? Are you enjoying Michigan in the national championship? Because I'm sure as hell not. This is hell. This is exactly where hell is. Right here. Michigan with a shot to win a national championship. And it's all you Ohio State jackass fans out there that when we were beating the tar out of them year in and year out, and they couldn't even sniff the playoffs, oh, wish Michigan will get better and make the rivalry a lot better. You, you, you got it. Congratulations. Congratulations. You got it. Here it is. Michigan with a chance to win a national championship. This is hell. This is what hell feels like. 
We scored three points in the Cotton Bowl, and Michigan has a chance to win a national championship on Monday. It's infuriating. I want to punch Ryan Day right in the face. In Washington and Texas, that game was really, really strong, too. That game um, was good. Yeah. <laughs> that game was phenomenal. That game was really good. I was really hoping Texas was going to win it, but I, I really didn't mind who won that game because it's uh, both new new faces, new faces in the national championship game. Um, and here's the messed up part about this. Like, I, I got Rona over over the the uh, our little break for the first time ever. And so, like, I, I was dozing in and out on the Washington-Texas um, game. And I passed out. And the next thing I know, I wake up, and it's just after Texas scored their touchdown right before to um, near the end of the game. And they had tried to go uh, for the onside. Yeah. So I, I got to see from that point on, from the onside to the end of the game, which was <laughs> unreal. Great, so, great football. Quinn Ewers got <laughs> out-dueled um, for the first time, I think, this year. Uh, big Penis Energy looked really good. Michael Penix looked amazing. Um, and Quinn Ewers just sort of looked pedestrian. I thought that was going to be a big coming-out party for the nation for Quinn Ewers. And Michael Penix just uh, – he looked phenomenal. He looked great. Um, yeah, he did. But, I mean, yeah, back to the Georgia game. Like, Georgia did – I didn't expect them to win by 60 but I didn't expect Florida State to be in this game at all. I mean, they were down to their four-string quarterback. So, uh, you know, it, and they had guys They had guys on – I mean, if, if you just go and look at the stats and look at the guys that put up stats offensively for Florida State, I don't think any of those guys played at all during the regular season. Um, and, and Kirby Smart said as much after the game. He said, we got to fix college football. Like, the fact that – Florida State had to go out there without their full arsenal um, and, and play a Georgia team that had essentially everybody, uh, everybody but uh, Brock Bowers offensively. I Like, that just that sucks for Florida State, and that sucks for the fans, and it makes bowl games meaningless, and it's only going to get worse when we add one of the stupidest things that college football has done in the history of college football and adding in the 12-team playoff next year. It's going to make it even worse. Um, we've we've got to figure out a way to get a handle on the transfer portal and the NIL, and uh, that will actually be one se- a segment we do. I, I don't know when, but we will do a segment called "Fixing College Football." Well, Georgia finishes their season. What is that? Twelve and one. Yes, no, thirteen and one. Uh, are you sure? That's what ESPN. Oh yeah, says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, thirteen and one. Yeah, that's what, yeah, ESPN, that's what ESPN has. Mine sucks. Now you yeah, can you tw- can convince me ESPN is wrong. Trust me, they've been wrong plenty of times. Um, Thirteen and one, they had a really really strong season. I know Georgia fans are disappointed that they didn't make it back to the national championship for the third year in a row, but it is what it is, guys. Hey, it's and next year you'll you'll definitely have a shot because this twelve team um, playoff, which Bryce yeah. is it's stupid. very happy about. Yep. No storylines at all. No storylines at all. Nothing. No no controversy, no storylines. And I know people are going to say, oh, they're going to play it on the field. They're decided on the field. It's not what college football's about. That's not what football's about, period. It's not about – football's not – football, big-time NFL and college football is not about the game. It's not. And if you think about the game, you're not understanding what the NFL and college football is about. It's about entertainment first and, or making money first, entertainment second, and the actual game third. And having a 12-team playoff is going to eliminate a ton of storylines, which sucks. 
Um, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. What I don't hate, Billy, is yep. the Braves picking up some uh, some new starting pitching, getting Chris Sale from the Red Sox for Vaughn Grissom, and the Braves also in the trade got what was it, seventeen million in cash considerations sent to them to help with Chris Sale's contract this year. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sign me up for that, so, dude. I like this. So, uh, here's the thing. This oh, is this is like one of those this? things that kind of pisses me off. I'm I'm happy with the I'm happy with the move. Oh, sounds I like am. you hate Chris Sale. Yeah, That's what it sounds like. No, I'm not. No, listen. It's it's one of those things that I like. If this had happened five years ago, oh yeah, yeah, I would have been overjoyed. Right. But it just always seems like we always seem to get the big name five <laughs> years past their prime. It does. You know what it I mean? Does. Yes, it does, dude. It does. <laughs> Every single time. <laughs> it just seems like, you know, do you remember getting Derek Lee from the Cubs? Oh, God. No, I forgot about that, dude. Oh, my I goodness. I remember getting Derek Lee and going, yeah, like yeah. Derek Lee would have been great five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who was the um been great getting five years ago? Who was the like he who was the first baseman that we picked up a couple years ago that we gave him a, we gave him a minor league contract and he like maybe played on the major league squad for like a week and Yes, yes. <laughs> Ryan Howard. Yeah, Ryan yep. Howard, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we seem to be really good at picking up guys like five years after their prime. You're right. Yeah, so that's my only complaint, but I mean, I get it. I, I he came cheapish for sure. I, Ten, mean, I think we're paying him ten million this year. I'm, I know his I know his salary is twenty seven million this year, but the Braves are only paying him ten million. Um, and I don't know what his uh, I don't know what his contract looked like looks like beyond this year. Hold on, I can pull it up on Spotrack. Yeah, uh, they, they, did they? They might not have updated it yet. Hold on, let me go to the Boost and Red Sox. Here is the Boost and Red Sox. All right, well, Chris Sale is officially on Spotrack, not on any roster at all. Oh, here we go. Um, Chris Sale. It uh, looks like he has an opt-out, which he waived. We locked him in for 2024. Club option in 2025. Uh, for twenty million, and then an unrestricted free agent. So it's, it's essentially a ten million dollar rental, um, ten point five million dollar rental for twenty twenty four. There's a club option next year for twenty million, um, and, and if we're not happy with his production, we we don't pick up the club option. So, I mean, you know, for a thirty five year old pitcher, ten million dollars, a guy that's a that's a multi time um, all star has been in the uh, been in the Cy Young in the top five of the Cy Young for like eight years straight now like Billy said that was five years ago but you know who knows maybe maybe he can get up some uh, and he's not going to be asked to be an ace he's not going to be asked to to be the the top end of the of the rotation guy you know so I I think it was a good pickup we traded a guy that's probably probably wasn't going to find a, a regular everyday spot in the Braves lineup like I liked Von Grissom but Defense was a liability. I'm not really sure where he fits in. The offense wasn't good enough to to put up with the defensive liability week in and week out. So I, you know, I think it's a I think it's a good trade. I think it makes us better. It's not the pitching pickup that I think you and I both would have liked us to make this year. Um, I really would have liked us to get sort of a, a nice top of the end rotation guy, but 
you know, we'll, we'll see. I think we have a solid, and a lot of people are still saying that the Braves have the best overall roster in the MLB going into this year. I mean, almost everybody that I've seen still has us number one in their power rankings, even after the Dodgers signed Shohei Otani and the other dude that they signed. Um, Yamamoto. Him, Yamamoto. Uh, so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. It all, it all plays out. I mean, the... The season's 165 years long, so uh, we'll get through that. And then once once they play 6 million games in a span of a month and a half, then we'll get to games that actually matter in the playoffs, and we'll see if the Braves can do it. But I, uh, this roster is constructed really well. I wish we'd have added maybe another bat in left field um, and maybe a little bit better of a pitcher, but uh, you know, we'll roll with what we got. I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised with Kalenic. Honestly, are they, what are they? They put on a clinic for somebody, or like they getting what's what's that? <laughs> clinic is the, <laughs> the guy's name. It's funny, yeah. Um, coming from uh, our buddy Riley Presnell, the head baseball coach over at Central, he posted what he expects the uh, the starting five to be for um, starting five rotation for the Braves. Okay, Max Reed, Strider, Morton. Sale and Elder. Ooh, Elder over Smith Shaver. Okay, uh, I'll, t- I'll take Smith Shaver at the end too. Yeah, I, I, either one, um, Elder, Elder or Smith Shaver, and you're going to have injuries, so those guys will will rotate. Um, uh, the only the only thing, the only tweak I would have there is Spencer Strider is your number one. I love Max Freed, phenomenal pitcher. Um, this is his last year in a Brave uniform, but uh, Spencer Strider is your ace. He's he's your go to guy. Um, he's the guy I want taking the bump. I, regular season, I don't care. It's you know you pitch every fifth day, whatever. Go out there, um, but on, on the bump in the playoffs when it matters, I want the ball in Spencer Strider's hands. I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and we'll have a, we'll have Braves. I still somehow think that Max Fried is going to get the opening day start. I, I would fully expect it. What if Chris Sale gets it? I would not expect that at all. I, I fully expect Max Freed to, if he's healthy, I think Max Freed gets the opening day start. I don't mind that at all because it's it, this is the last season we'll see Max Freed in a Braves uniform. So giving Max Freed. He's had it the past, what, four or five? Four or five years. years. Um, giving him the opening day start, I think, would be a nice start to a farewell tour for Max Freed. And the Atlanta Braves, and he's going to get G'd up in the offseason next year, dude. He's going to sign up a, a big contract, I would assume, somewhere. Hopefully yeah. not with the Dodgers. Um, probably with the Dodgers. Probably with the Dodgers. Yeah, probably with the Dodgers. Uh, and we will we will do Braves over-unders like we do every single year. Um, you know, we'll get in the midst of, of pitchers and catchers reporting here. And when do they report? February? Like a month from now? Like, it's not... Yeah. Uh, that's why I didn't put that on the countdown because that still hasn't officially been set. I would fully expect it to be like February twelfth, thirteenth, somewhere around there. So I was thinking like mid February. We'll report for for the Atlanta Braves. So yeah, we're about a month and a half away from that. We'll do Braves over unders, and uh, after the Falcons lose on Sunday, we will have the review of the Falcons over under for oh, the oh, season. We have to. Um, oh, I haven't even that. looked, but I I am pretty sure that you and I did horrendous on our Falcons over-under. And I don't remember at all what any of it was. Um, I don't I don't remember a single thing from any of our Falcons over-under bets from beginning of the season, but I'm just going to uh, assume 
that it was horrendous. I'm assuming we we missed the mark quite a bit on our Falcons over-unders. Let's get to the Marine South scoreboard. Last night in girls basketball, Carrollton beats Eagles Landing 77-27. to Villarica fall, falls to Lithia Springs uh, 58-42. to In boys basketball, Villarica falls to Lithia Springs 66-55 to in a game that Bryce called on Hometown Sports Media. Yeah. Tough. It's just not been a good. It's not been a good start for you guys. This it hasn't. Year. It hasn't, dude. Um, and boy, girls wise, it just it it's an enigma. This team is an enigma right now. Um, if Gracie Byford doesn't go for you know twenty five to thirty points, they have a really hard time generating offense. Um, and our boys team, man, I just I don't know. They just can't put it together through a full four quarters. Uh, still looking for our first region win. Hopefully, it comes comes when we play Midtown, but. Um, it's been an uphill battle for sure for this boys team, and and maybe it's maybe it's one of those things, you know, sort of like um, sort of like Austin Barron talked about with the football team. Maybe it's one of those things that's going to take a couple years to try to build this program back up. But it is a uh, it's been a struggle this year for our boys. On the Smith floor coverings games and events calendar on girls basketball, Villarica is at Central. Hurt County is at Cedartown. In boys basketball, Villarica is at Central. Hurt is at Cedartown, and Mount Zion is at Bremen. And that's your Smith's Four Coverings Games and Events calendar. Billy, do you need another cup of coffee? Let's do it, buddy. I haven't ha- I haven't had another cup of coffee in two weeks. It's been a while. It's been a while. Let's hit up. It, it has, another cup of coffee brought to you by realtor Hannah Strong with Century 21 Novus. The Panthers owner, David Tepper, was fined $300,000 for tossing a drink at fans. I think that's a little excessive. Uh, I mean, I understand finding him and I understand finding him and, and having to find him harshly enough to where he won't do that again. But 300,000 is a little excessive for him throwing a drink when he's a little bit frustrated. It was you know, the greatest thing ever, just... dude. <laughs> An owner. <laughs> An owner of the NFL franchise. There's only 32 of these in some of the biggest, you know, brands in all of the world. And you own one of them. Now, the Panthers suck, but it is what it is. You're an owner of an NFL franchise. Dude gets pissed off and throws his drink on a Jaguars fan. Phenomenal. I mean, I'm, a, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I like the, I like the passion. I just... <laughs> Like, <laughs> it is what it is, man. There's not there's not much else that you could do. About it. it was great, dude. It was the funniest thing I saw all, all all during our Christmas and New Year's break. It was the funniest thing I saw. Just just got pissed off and just whoop, right over there. <laughs> oh man, it was just it was hilarious. If you haven't seen it, go look. I'm sure everybody's seen it, but if you haven't, uh, go look on social media. It is um. It's quite hilarious. Quite hilarious. Uh, Caitlin Clark, she hits a logo three-pointer and leads Iowa past Michigan State last night. She's so good, man. Dude, she is phenomenal. She's good. Yep. <laughs> 76 to 73 uh, victory last night. Uh, Caitlin Clark, uh, just, I mean, just, she reached 35 points for her fourth consecutive time this year. She is, um, dude, she's just, she's, she's phenomenal. She's fun to watch phenomenal basketball player great personality uh 
She she makes Iowa women's basketball one of the most entertaining things to watch on TV right now in all of sport. Like it is, she's just phenomenal. Uh, the Jets wave running back Dalvin Cook with one game remaining in the season. Uh, why? Okay. Cool. I mean, I, this makes zero sense. Yeah. Um, I don't understand it, to be honest with you. I, I don't like think. What, what difference does it make to get rid of him one game? It's the, is the incentive. The gonna, only, like that is the only thing that I could think of, Billy, was that the game <laughs> incentives that like, he, he signed a seven million dollar contract this year. Like it wasn't I, the only thing I can think of was he had some incentive deal this year where if he rushed for over 250 rushing yards, uh, he got a bonus or something. He hasn't been good. Like he, he's only gotten, uh, let me see. Let me pull up his stats. He's, he, he has zero rushing touchdowns. Maybe that was the incentive. If he gets one rushing touchdown, he gets a, a million dollar bonus. Um, but he has, he has no rushing touchdowns. He has 214 rushing yards and 67 attempts. Like who the jets are eliminated. Why cut him? I don't, it didn't save him any money because it was only on a one-year contract, and it's not like they were clearing the way for some rookie. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. I really, I really don't know. Yeah. It was a, a, it mutually agreed upon, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an answer for yeah, you. Yeah, me that neither. One. But the Jets cut him. Uh, the Grambling women beat the College of Biblical Studies. 159 to 18. Football, right? Uh, no, sir. No, sir. That would oh. be uh, women's college basketball. Huh. Yeah. 159 to 18. The biggest margin of victory in Division One women's basketball history in 141. Let's pause that. Let's pause that. And just say, look, that's that's the biggest march in the victory a Division One team has ever had. Yes. Let's not say Division One history, because Division One history, I would say Division One division versus Division One. Obviously, the College of, of <laughs> Biblical Studies is not going to be Division not, One. Are you sure? It might be. So let's let's pause that. <laughs> I swear to God, if the if the College of Biblical Studies is Division One, we have an issue. Hold on. Hold on, I'll look. You know how dumb basketball is, man. They could be. Uh, they we could have a be. You. <laughs> I, I don't even know where to find this. Uh, <laughs> it's all over. It's all over the news. Let's see. Sport. Oh, oh boy. This 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 website is. Oh my goodness. Barf City. This looks like something that was created. I don't even know what. I don't even know what what, what they play, what conference do they play in. They're zero and two in conference. Whatever conference they play in. Listen, they I play. That. <laughs> oh my goodness, Billy! The <laughs> the schedule doesn't look any better. <laughs> uh, region game that they played against H- Huston, Huston Tillet Tillotson University, Tilt Tillotson University. Uh, they lost 106 to 19. So that's not good. Um, they lost to Ozark Christian College, 91 to 52. Randall University, 80 to 57. I don't know what they play in. It looks like they play what in. Are they, what are they doing? 
Like what? What know. good is that doing your athletic program? I'm not sure. Well, but, ath- athletic program. That's a pretty broad brush of the. Uh, well, that's a pretty broad stroke right there. Program right now. Uh, they're always probably, probably their leading program. Well, from what it looks like, they have a men's basketball team and a women's basketball team, and that's it. Unless competitive praying is a sport. Um. Men's team's okay. Men's team's six and five, two and zero oh in conference. Uh, not real good away from home. One and five away from home. So not not real great away from home. But the uh, the men's team looks pretty good. They they've beaten teams such as North America University, Kansas Christian College. Um, they beat once they get them in the coven, it's it's over for them. (laughs) Like it's you know for every every team that comes into the coven, it's over. (laughs) That's what their defense is called, the coven. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So the conference they play in looks like some like Texas Christian conference or something. Um, conference tournament here. I I can't click on it. Like there's no hyperlink to see what conference this is. Uh, but yeah, you're you're probably right. Probably a I don't know NAIA school or something. Uh, but the score at the score at the halftime was 82 to 10. So they really they really opened it up after half. Um, 82 to 10 was the halftime score. So the Grambling women beat the College of, of Biblical Studies. Eight points. <laughs> eight points in the second half. I've seen Gracie Byford make eight points in like 30 seconds. <laughs> Maybe Gracie needs to go there. Jeez. Oh, oh my goodness. Woo. All right. What do you th- what NIL deals do you think they they're getting out there at uh, College of Biblical Studies? Do you think you think Lifeway Christian Books is sponsoring them? Throwing them a couple shekels. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Not touching that one. <laughs> oh man. Uh, the stats are just the stats honestly are just phenomenal. Um, the College of Biblical Studies lone field goal of the period came with 104 left to play in the second half. Uh, let's see the the visitors committed 57 turnovers. So 57 turnovers from the College of Biblical Studies not not a good stat. Uh, and and they shot just 18% from the field. Do what? I said Bowden did that in the SMI tournament. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the shot eighteen percent. They were they were eight for forty three from the field. So gotta work gotta work on that shoot. Oh, here we go. Here we go. I got you here. Uh, the College of Biblical Studies is based in Houston and plays in the Southwest region of the Division Two National Christian College Athletic Association. Yeah, so it's Division. For sure, yeah, it was it's Division Two. The previous record for margin of victory was set in 2018 when Savannah State beat Wesleyan of Georgia 155 to 26. Yeah, yeah, so hilarious. Uh, Billy, today in baseball, one of the most infamous days in all of baseball. This will go down uh, over 100 years ago, which is crazy to think. Um, but one of the most infamous days in all of baseball. Today in 1920, the Boston Red Sox baseball club owner, Harry Frazee, uh, announces an agreement to <clears throat> no, excuse me, an agreement to sell slugger Babe Ruth to the New York Yankees for $125,000 in cash and a $350,000 loan. And it started the 84-year curse of the Bambino. And the main reason... 
why he did this was to fund a play on Broadway that he wanted to put on. My Lady Friends was the name of the Broadway show. How do you remember that? Dude, my baseball mind is weird. Have you ever seen it? Is it a good play? <laughs> like, is it even performed no, anymore? <clears throat> I wonder I've if it's even performed. <laughs> I wonder if it was like a huge flop, too. The <laughs> uh, good trade, bad trade. Babe Ruth for a play that no one even remembers. Well, no one remembers. No one, they don't even put it on anymore. It's not like he sold Babe Ruth and made Phantom of the Opera, you know? <laughs> yeah. He sold Babe Ruth and made a play that nobody even remembers anymore. My Lady it Friends. You know, Babe Ruth for Hamilton. Yeah, or, exactly. Like, like a, yeah. Decent, a decent, you know, fair trade. <laughs> My lady friends. You got anything else, man? Yeah. Uh, how about your middle, baby? Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was a uh, it was a weekend of ups and downs, man. Um, so so Saturday. Yeah. So we went up to the Lonigo for the wrestling tournament and Saturday was an open and we didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into. Uh, the Open had a lot of good kids. A lot of good kids. There were kids from Tennessee, Alabama, Florida, um, essentially everywhere, all around the Southeast. And and it was a it was a big wrestling tournament in a series called like the Hammer or something like that. Like it wasn't just a normal Open wrestling tournament. Uh, there was fifteen kids in his division. Uh, so Saturday was a learning day. He went 0 for 2, got pinned in his first one, uh, lost his second match 12, 12 to 1 or 12 to 2, some, somewhere around there. Um, so he was feeling pretty down in the dumps about that. And then we uh, then we had our first year tournament on Sunday. Uh, goes 4 and 0, gets essentially seven pins in four matches because he pinned three of the kids so quickly they just restarted the match so they could just get more mat time and he pinned he pinned him again um and uh in one first place in his uh, in his second first year tournament so yeah did, did baby. yeah did good in his first year tournament just gotta learn uh gotta gotta wrestle in a lot more of those open tournaments and and learn wrestling technique in those open tournaments he's wrestling kids that have been wrestling for four or five years um and they're just you know grayson just goes in there and tries to overpower the kids and i'm like you can't like you gotta, you gotta wrestle. You gotta learn some of this technique in wrestling. Um, so yeah, yeah. Open tournaments gonna be a, gonna be a, a learning experience and going to be, um, you know, just just kind of you either win or you learn. And a lot of those opens, there's gonna be a lot of learning experiences in in the first years. Uh, yeah, yeah, did good. So um, yeah, good good weekend up in Delonica. Got got one more this weekend. We're either gonna be in Social Circle or St. Francis High School, and then two more next weekend. Uh, we'll be in Paulden County High School. So wrestling is sort of taken over our life he's uh he's caught the bug hasn't he yeah he has he 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 really enjoys it um and and steve walker thank you for not preparing me for for these uh these tournaments um they're they're pretty long they're pretty long you're there for quite a while uh and and you only watch your son wrestle for maybe 30 seconds um a time so uh (laughs) the entire gym smells like a dirty diaper and I would say probably sixty-five to seventy percent of the kids are assholes. So it's um, it's quite an experience. It's uh, it's quite an experience. So uh, what I have what I have determined, if we ever go back to an open tournament that 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 is that packed, uh, and in close quarters, um, one of our family members will sit inside. Uh, it'll be the short straws. We'll all be drawing short short straws, 
and I will have my little rocker, my little baseball rocker chair, uh, and I will be sitting outside of the gym, possibly in the parking lot, because being around that many people for that long and in close quarters, there was a lot of people that almost got punched. There's, there's a lot of people that almost caught a stray right hand. It was horrible. It's, it's, it was pretty <laughs> awful. Um, so, I mean, yeah, but other than that, good. I, I will tell you, we, we got, I got, I got a hotel room up there cause we, we wrestled Saturday and Sunday. So we drove up Saturday, wrestled Saturday, uh, did Delonica Saturday evening. Um, and, and then stayed the night Saturday night, woke up Sunday, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I got the, I got the comfort in up in Delonica. Uh, and, and we pulled up to this place and the first thing that went through my mind was I, I might've should have splurged for a little bit nicer of a hotel like this thing. It looked a little seedy. It looked like one of those hotels you rent by the hour. So little, little nervous about going into the comfort. Uh, but we walk into our room. Room was nice, clean, tidy, very comfy. Uh, not a lot of noise coming from the hotel. Um, we had a motorcycle pull up at 11 p.m. But other than that, uh, I was very surprised and, and happy with the comfort hotel. So if anybody's ever up in Dahlonega, um, go to the comfort. It's just about maybe half a mile to a mile north of downtown. Um, look seedy on the outside, but very clean, very tidy, very nice people, and very good continental breakfast in the morning. So, um, two thumbs up for the Comfort Inn up in, uh, wait, did we stay at the Comfort or was the Quality Inn? I don't remember now. Either one. It was a good <laughs> place. It was either Comfort or Quality, and I kept getting them messed up all weekend. Uh, but it was, it was, it was a good experience. Very nice hotel and, uh, very fun. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. yeah very fun. So, hey, when did y'all's basketball, when did y'all's basketball start, man? Uh, starts this Saturday. This Saturday. So what time? Uh, Eleven is his first game. Out in Bremen. Yeah. All right. I might. I might come out for that. We don't have anything to do on Saturday. Um, all of his tournaments are on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, we might. We might come out for that. We might come out for that. Maybe we'll do. Maybe we'll do a game live. Maybe we'll get some. Uh, maybe me and Casey Bass. I got. I got to talk to Sea Bass about this. Maybe Sea Bass and I will come out there with our with our gear. And do a uh, do a basketball game, do a Bremen Bremen youth basketball game. That'd be fun. I know Seabass would be all over that. Um, oh god, yeah. <laughs> that sounds so. I'll have to talk to so him. fun. I'll have to talk to so. Him. All right, but for <laughs> Billy Lindahl, I am Bryce Farley. Thanks for joining us on the brand new and just as stupid as last year TM Five Podcast Kickoff Twenty Twenty Four. We will see you all same time, same place tomorrow morning. Shake your neighbors, just shake them. Shake your neighbors.